I'm Shane. And I'm Bo. We are your Kentucky Fried Critics. Welcome back, everybody. Is this is our fifth episode now. This is officially five. We've done this for over a month now. This Yay. is this will come out and be one month, one week since we started. It's been a good month. It's been fun. It's been super fun. Uh, even even if we don't have a ton of people listening, no, I love but, all of you that are. No, I'm the not people trying that to, are listening not, are I'm listening not, all the way through. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's yeah. fun for me either way. I just have fun getting to talk about movies. Yeah. And if some people also want to listen to me talk about movies, that's awesome. Because I do like to listen to me talk about movies. Oh, yeah. Me too. I talk about movies to myself sometimes. Just sitting. It's like me, self, we're going to talk about this movie. This is why we're good at this. (laughs) We've been training our whole lives. Just to talk about movies to anybody that'll listen. And even when no one is. Yeah. We had a beer. What's our beer this week? It is the Country Boy Brewing's Prime Directive. It's a double dry hopped New England IPA. Now, what possible movie could that be from? The Prime Directive. Star Trek. <gasps> no, really? Yeah. We had a few people get this right. Yay. On social media. Good people. Smart people. Yeah. The Now, no one did guess completely. They didn't get the movie, right? Because yeah. we, again... Right now, we are not still doing just a topic yet. Again, plans in the future are sometimes that we might do just a topic. But we're still getting our... Our, our wings. Yeah, we're still learning how to do all of this. And a, a movie is a nice little bit of a crutch for us to yeah. always get ourselves back, make sure we can talk for a solid hour or better on a subject. thousands of them. But now, Star Trek, again, there are a lot. So no one guessed the, the exact movie, which, again, so far we told you it's Star Trek. Saw a lot of Rathacons. I saw a couple of Rathacon guesses. I've seen uh, now. Uh, we did have someone. Someone went Picardi. They said Picardi, which I love that as a word. Like a rhymes with Bacardi. Yeah, Picardi. That's Patrick and that Stewart's is, new drink line. Yeah. <laughs> and that is definitely correct. We are definitely doing something Picardi. This oh yeah. Is, uh, we're going to be doing First Contact. So that is the the first true. Next generation movie. Yeah. Right? Because Generations is technically the Bridge the Gap movie. Yeah, because it's got the old crew and the new crew. And the new crew, and they're working together. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is the first one where they were like, no. Solid next gen. These guys can totally carry a movie on their own. We don't need Bo. Right? Yeah. This movie was two years after the series ended. I think so. Yeah. Uh, 96, right? Yeah, because they, as soon as they wrapped on the show, they started filming Generations and then. And then this. Yeah. Yeah. So really, we've gone very little time without them on screen despite the movie kind of playing to us for like nostalgia like we've not seen them in a long time in the very beginning like a lot of the scenes are just like oh man it's been so long uh they even play that to Worf, and Worf was still on deep space nine when yeah. this was going on so we still saw him week to week yeah he's on the defiant it's like yeah. yeah we saw him yesterday he did this now uh again we're not gonna assume that everybody that listens to us are star trek fans we are both sci-fi uh dorks we grew up sci-fi dorks Uh, i got it from my mom i got it from my aunt tammy but we've both been huge sci-fi people since very Um, young like two years old yeah very young when i get in trouble i I definitely play with tammy's star wars toys i definitely watched next generation first run when i was like five years old on the couch with my mom for sure so I don't want to assume that everybody understands why Prime Directive is uh, an automatic Star Trek reference. So we need to go into that just a little bit. So what the is Prime, the Prime Directive? The Prime Directive is Star Trek's answer for why you don't just interact with everybody you run into. Yeah. Right? Like uh, in, in the Federation, in Starfleet, you follow the Prime Directive, which says that uh, you can't interact with any alien race until they're at a certain technological advancement. Yeah, level. usually until they've discovered warp, warp technology. And then you're like, okay, we can talk uh, to you now. They, there are a few exceptions in the franchise, and usually the exception is just that they still understand that there is space-bearing. out uh, there. Because there's like a species that they just do like super awesome medicine, right? Yeah, well, and then there's some that created the kind of like long-range sensors where they knew there was something out there, yeah. but they, t- they just never came up with the technology, technology to, to be able to propulsion. Yeah. So there are exceptions, but generally speaking, the rule is the the hard and fast rule is we'll talk to you when you can do when you can fly, when you can go faster than light. Yeah. You can travel to the stars because until you can do that, you're not really traveling to the stars. Yeah. It would take you able to leave your solar system. Yeah. Because before that, you'd be like a, a generational ship. 
right? Like you, it would literally be the yeah. whole families. The, the people who get to the ship. yeah, the people who get to the destination would not be the people who. No, left. they died a thousand years ago, and Again, the ship looks nothing like how it started. I think in in Star Trek, you the rule would be that you can't interfere with those people. Like, yes, they are in a ship, but they are in, they are Um, not the kind of stuff that you're supposed to, because again, they are not at that advancement. Yeah. I would believe not. I would think the prime directive would be like, well, I mean, even though they're calling for help, I mean, no, I did. I, cause I wanted to look at that signal. Distress signals are one of the things that can let you, um, break override that that Ah. in certain key situations. Now we're not going to dork out over the prime directive too much on, on the intricacies. Again, we're obviously dorking out a little bit on the prime directive but yeah. it's not the intricacies of the prime directive it's so boiled down it's uh, don't interfere with races that haven't developed enough any of our trekkies might be arguing amongst themselves right now about whether or not this is the perfect movie to use for a prime directive because technically we are kind of skating around ideas of the prime directive with this movie as opposed to some movies that are blatantly about the prime directive i'm looking at you insurrection yeah uh again though that's not my favorite movie i've probably seen it more than others because it was more of a popular movie when it released for some reason i like it it plays like a really long episode it does as opposed to this tng this one this one feels like an action movie this feels like a movie yeah that's what i was gonna say like that one feels like an episode a long episode yeah an episode like a three-parter the prime directive we're skating around it but it definitely is it is central in several aspects and so again this movie definitely we we deal with that in a weird roundabout way we'll get to that when we're actually talking about the movie a little bit more because that is that's kind of the key premise yeah uh again the movie barely says prime directive i think they name drop it two times so, like I said, this movie kind of skates around the idea, but it, it does technically deal with the Prime Directive, despite the fact that nobody's name-dropping it, which is weird. Next yeah. Generation loved name-dropping the Prime Directive. Prime Directive. This movie does deal with what later Star Trek would dub the Temporal Prime Directive, which is that if if you know of something that is interfering with time, it is your obligation to do everything in your power to, to make sure the it. original timeline yeah. stays intact. We have to preserve the original so, timeline. In this movie, and we'll get into it more because we're dorks, <laughs> once we start talking about everything that's actually in the movie, this movie definitely deals more heavily with the temporal, temporal prime, prime directive. directive than the prime directive for several reasons because when we go back in time i don't want to go too far into it i just wanted to make sure everybody understood for any non-trekkies why prime directives connected important. yeah because again if, if you don't know star trek you might not understand yeah. why we were and like if, prime directive star trek like every trekkie was instantly like yeah oh yeah star trek instant but again one of the guesses we had on social media was uh robocop did you see that one? Oh, that's right he does have prime directives, directives. doesn't he that's a good guess Hmm. Do you think anybody will notice if we reuse this later on down the road? We just wait long enough. If we wait long enough, yeah. just bring it back. Exactly. Do RoboCop. Now, that guy did also guess Star Trek. So yeah. it's not like it was out of... It was like RoboCop. Nope, try again. Star Trek. Ah, there you go. Let's go ahead and cover all the people who were in the movie to kick us off. You want to start at the top or you want to do the director first? Yeah, I guess we can start with the director. Again, these are all going to be names for all of our Trekkie fans. Yeah, they're going to pop for them. Everybody knows these. We're not... This, this, these are not revelations for people no. who are Star Trek fans. These are not revelations for most non-Star Trek fans. Yeah, you have to have at least heard of these people. Well, and know that they're in it. Yeah. Just because you don't watch it doesn't doesn't mean you're ignorant to its existence. So we'll start with the director. Bo makes this reference for an obvious reason. Our director is also one of our cast. Yep. This is, I I don't know. I think it might be his debut. This is Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, this is his directorial first director. Of a film of or a, ever? Do you know no, he, he directed some episodes, episodes of the show. That's what I thought, yeah. So this is his first, like... Movie. Yeah. Big, and he did a great job. Big, big movie. Directorial yeah. debut. Yeah. And so they he, gave him a bunch of money and he did a great job. He did so, pretty, I yeah. mean, I've got yeah. some, I've got a few complaints. Have we named him yet? Yeah, I said Jonathan Frakes. Oh, did you say Jonathan Frakes? I couldn't remember I'm if we sure. said it. Jonathan Frakes says Riker, the second in command of the Enterprise. Yep. He is under our next person. Who is Patrick Stewart. Jean-Luc Picard. That's right. Who has, who are English who everybody captain. Yeah, and everybody knows who Patrick Stewart is. Yeah. Like, again, this is one of those, much like Willy Wonka, if you if you don't know who he is, like you didn't You've know what Willy Wonka was. you him or heard him in something. Something. He's the a man's prolific been, voice actor, too. Well, and he is just... 
he's in a lot. Yeah, he's man. in everything. He's great. I uh, love Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Next on the list, we're going to hit LeVar Burton, because I love LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton plays Jordy. He's usually our man in a visor. He's not rocking a visor in this No, one. they gave him new eyes. He's got the nifty implants yeah. that do, they do more? They're better than his visor? I guess. The same? Yeah, same. They do the they exact... just look better? Yeah, because he didn't want to wear that. His advisor dude already did so much. It's yeah. crazy for them to try to tell me he did more. more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so LeVar Burton, for anyone who doesn't recognize that name, is Reading, Reading Rainbow. Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. I can do anything. Just take, take a, a look. look. It's, it's in, in a, a book. book. It's Reading Rainbow. All right. All right, we're done. <laughs> like we said, if there's ever a, a reason to belt out a bop, guys, we're <laughs> we'll going to let you it. hear it. Again, LeVar Burton. Yeah, he's all LeVar Burton. Roots. He's in, I mean, he is yeah. a prolific actor. He's in lots he's of things. You won, should know who he is. Oscars, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. He wants to be the host of Jeopardy, and I say he should Dude, be. Dude, do it. That'd be great. I would watch Jeopardy again. Uh, Brent Spiner. Data. Our man Data, who is visibly aged in this one yeah i didn't touch up on the last episode of the series before looking at what he looked like in this one to double check but i just feel like the wrinklage difference yeah and it's not his fault again i feel like this is one of those like i'm watching it on a much crisper tv and so like the makeup they used didn't seem as bad with you know the glittery creasing and but but on a big big what's it called oled oled tv Yeah, it, it was super noticeable. Yeah, but I love Brent Spiner. Oh, I do too. He can. Yeah, he can. I don't even care. No, I don't either. The, Just do what they did for the new Picard. Like, find yeah. a reason that his robot body is old and, and let he him do just it. reskinned him so he looks old. Yeah, that's there all you go. need to do. That, I believe you. He's an android. You can do that. Do whatever you need to. Yeah. I'm good with that. Doesn't bother me at all. Uh, so our next one is going to be Michael Dorn. Now that is a name he plays Lieutenant Worf yep. or Lieutenant, Lieutenant Commander, Commander Worf. He got a he's promotion. Got, he's got the the three yeah. pips. Uh, but so that's a name. He is an actor. He is normally hidden behind all the makeup. So a lot of people may not know that name, like some of the ones we had mentioned before. Yeah, but uh, you know Worf. Yeah, everybody knows Worf. Again, he's the guy with the crazy forehead. Everybody knows this. He he carries the cool uh, bat bat lift. I want one. Yeah, everybody wants one, man. Those things are dope. I tried to make one in my Blacksmith's Forge, but it was... I couldn't. Next character, we got Gates McFadden. Dr. Crusher. That's Dr. Crusher. I love Dr. Crusher. I liked her way better than uh, Dr. Pulaski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. no. that She uh, was... She's a robot racist. She's mean to Data. And you she's can't kind do of that. mean to a lot of people. The only person she was really nice to was Picard. Yeah. Because she's just age. kissing the captain's ass. That was all the last. Because they were the doing. same age. Oh yeah, probably. We're the old people on the ship. We got to we got to stick together. Uh, and then so the next one is going to be our last of our main cast. This is the last of our next gen our main bridge stage, crew. Our bridge crew, exactly. So that's going to be Deanna Troy, even though technically should never have been a bridge crew, but she was right because she's just she's a counselor. She's just the SIP counselor. She but they were like, like on deck thirty. They're like she's pseudo psychic, so we can use that on the bridge. Yeah, she can. She's empathic. No, that's the. In front of camera reason, now the behind the scenes reason is just because they were like, we need someone really hot and tight clothes, and that's who she was for next gen. Yeah, every modern Star Trek has a hot chick in tight clothes. Well, yeah, you have to because right because we've got sex cells. We've got her. We've got Deanna Troy. Then we, seven of nine. Seven of nine. To Paul. To Paul. Yeah, that's another one. Uh, Deep Space Nine hmm. takes a while before we get tight clothes on them, right? Because it's it's Dax. Kind of. But she's never really in tight clothes. But Not she's really. definitely supposed to be the female. Um, who's the Dabo girl that marries Rom? I don't know. We're Yeah, we're way, <laughs> we're way into it. That's not place. even important enough to matter. But you guys get the idea. There is usually the, a character who is a hot chick in tight take. clothes. And this was, unfortunately, her. And they don't give her a lot to do. No. 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 In, in this movie... Worse than the show. Yeah, she's just kind of... They, do they even mention that she's... Got the telepathic stuff in this? She feels that Picard is sensing something when the Borg show up. Yeah, but, but other if, than that, if that you like, aren't, she didn't, if you don't yeah, know but the it, series, I don't right? think they outright say it at right, all. Right, think about that. Like, if you don't know the series, that comment doesn't make you think she's, like, telepathic. That comment just makes you think she's... She knows her captain's yeah. feeling something. Like, oh, we've been friends forever. So I can, the way he looks, 
so you know we'll we'll let that slide like, but definitely i thought i was like man this how do we go through the whole movie without talking about that? Because the writers never know what to do with poor Deanna, and I hate it. That's our main cast. That's the main cast. So anybody else that we might want to be mentioning, they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be characters that are either just specific to this or not mm. primary. Yeah, secondary characters. Lieutenant Barkley. Lieutenant Barkley and uh, what's his name? Blue Eye Guy with the blonde Neil hair. Neil McDonough. Yeah, that dude. Just... I love Neil McDonough. What's he his is name? definitely in my notes. He is. Uh, he's in the movie Tin Man. The, yeah, he's in Tin Man and the uh, franchise. I don't know what is that like a miniseries. And he's also in Justified as one of the bad guys and like the later band seasons. of brothers. He plays one of those guys. I love Neil McDonough. Yeah, and again, yeah, you know him because of those eyes, those yeah, eyes those that are so blue, blue eyes. that they're like silver. They're freaky. If you're listening, Neil. Yeah, come on the show. Come hang out. Drink a beer with us. You can pick the movie even. Uh, we will mention some other characters like those in passing. When Lieutenant we see Hawk, them. that's his name in the movie. Yes. I remember. Yes, yes. Now we can just kind of get into the movie. This the, is your favorite the reason part. we're here. The music. The yeah, beginning. the music. So the as we intro, oh, just yeah. like always, always we got to talk about talk about that intro music. music or lack of music if we run into one like that. Have it so, so far. Yeah, I don't so think. far it's always started with some kind of and nice. It's all been good. Uh, it's this one included. Yeah. It is just a very momentous version of the next gen theme. Yeah, and it's, it's like slowed down and epic. Yes, exactly. And then the so epic, it just roll it through with all this, of our cast. This bombasticness to yeah. it. Just so it kicks it off right. Yeah. If you've never seen Next Gen, know that the theme is great. It is an orchestral yeah. song. Yeah, yep, that's the one. Yeah, you all know. You've heard it before. I know you. If have. I think Star Trek, that's the one I think. Yeah, that's the one I think. I don't of too. think the original series. No. So we go straight from this music, doing typical next gen. Like again, next gen started a lot of trends that are still there in modern Trek. Right. Yeah. One of those being that the intro is usually. Just cuts of like random space, right? But Next Gen barely does the cast intro. It's mainly yeah, it's mainly it's, just the ship moving through space and stuff. And so that's what most of Star Trek does. We go from the pan in with the music to flashback. Right. Picard, big Borg. shot on his eye, and we widen out, and we see the Borg cube. We see the flashback of him as Locutus. Yeah. Then we start to see the Borg. Some of these people don't know what a Borg sorry. is. You're going fast. I'm so sorry. There, we can go fast for some parts. The beginning where we're saying this is a Borg, which is a big part of the movie. Yeah, we, we might want to tell people what, what a Borg, Borg is. is. All right, continue. I apologize. <laughs> so again, a Borg, which is what we see Picard is in the very... Yeah, in the beginning. He was once turned into one of these. They are part synthetic and, and organic. And organic, yeah. So they're, they're, they assimilate. Integrate their cultural and technological distinctiveness into their own. Yeah, which is a quote. weird, fancy way to actually say that they take them over and turn them into... Um, Drones, like bees. Or as is later said in the movie, cybernetic zombies. That's what the Borg are. A card got turned into one, you know, setting this up for everybody so you know uh, yeah. a little bit of the backdrop of what's going on. So he he got turned into one, but he didn't get permanently turned into one. Up until this point in the series, anybody who had been turned into one was permanently. Yeah, he's there was the no only way to, one to come back. Yeah, there. other than him, there's been no way to reverse this process. No. Because this is pre-Voyager. Pre ex well, Voyager exists at this point, but it is not... I don't think Seven of Nine Seven of Nine's not yet. yet. She doesn't join until, I think, the year Season after Season four, so something like that. Yeah, yeah so I think 97, 98. Yeah. This is pre-any kind of thing like that, so this he's the only one who's ever crossed the line and made it back. Yeah. And no one still really understands what happened to it, like the differences. Yeah. He still deals with PTSD and crazy things, crazy connections. Things. This whole beginning sequence where we, is just yeah, where he's just reliving it. And, and he then, thinks the thing is actually jumping out of his face, yeah. the, the Borg implant. It's all a nightmare. He, he wakes up to the Admiral calling. Right yep. after the after the nightmare of the Borg yep. and stuff. And the Admiral name drops Deep Space Five. I only want to point this out because this movie kind of acts as like a giant advertisement for both of the franchises that we're still 
working at the time, yeah. there are constant references to Voyager and constant references to Deep Space Nine. Yeah. So that way, if you were a fan of either of those, you could go to the movie and be like, oh, it's one of my things I, I see. I watch that every week. I love that show. So I will probably be stopping us a few times to be like, that's another reference that they just threw in for shameless plugging to the people who are fan watching. Fan service. That's, that's, the, that's the new fancy term for it, right? That's our first fan service for the active shows. Again, this yeah. is a fan service for because it's a long, long mm. history to Star yeah. Trek already at this point when this movie years came out. Worth? Well, again, when this movie came out, it was only like 30. Yeah, still though. But still, that's <laughs> a long time. In the realm of TV, that's a that's big That's forever. Doctor Who only beats Star Trek by like a week. Wow. You know, we talked about it being old, too. Yeah. Uh, the bigger difference there being that Doctor Who was on pretty much continuously when Star Trek was only on in the 60s, giant gap minus movies. And then the And 80s, then the late 80s into the 90s. 90s and stuff. He wakes up. The Admiral's calling and his worst nightmares are coming true. The Borg are attacking. He's like, no, I, I already know what you're going to say. And then uh, what they, he goes and tells the rest of the crew... And then the crew's like, all right, let's go. Yeah, what are we doing? Let's go. And he's like, we can't. We're, we're not allowed. They, they, yeah. The guy told us that, told me that's what's going on. He said, you're going somewhere else. Yeah, you're going to the neutral zone. Because to... you used to be a Borg, and we can't trust you around no. the Borg. Which everybody is like, what? Well, yeah, the, you're the, the neutral best. zone. It's always the, the damn neutral zone. It's always the neutral zone. They're all like, you know, like, you're the best guy to do this. And he's like, nope, Starfleet says no. They yeah. think I'm compromised. And they pan across the whole bridge while they're while they're dealing with all these people being like, no, no Cap, we don't believe fuck? that. So that way we can see our full, well, not our full. Yeah. Most, most, of, the, of, the most of our reunion yeah. from the show. And everybody, I got to say, they look really good. Especially uh, Gates McFadden. Yes. <laughs> She's been great. Two years since the end of the series. So again, not like a lot of time, but just enough time where, you know, for some of fans were like, what have what they, have they been, doing? been doing? What do they look like? What's going on with them? They all look really good. Yes, Gates McFadden looks better than she ever did on the show. For some reason, it's like well, they spent she, way more time on her hair than she anybody else. five years younger right? than she ever did on the show. She looks amazing. I think it's because they straightened her hair. I, I don't, I didn't like I think it's more than hair. her hair, but I think that she's stunning yeah. either way. Love Gates McFadden. This is when we see our young Neil McDonough for yeah. the first time. He has a shocked look on his face. Just like, oh, I can't believe no, it. No, he's the, he's the one. Picard tells everybody like, all right, well, then this is your last chance. You can either hop I'm off or go with us on this crazy mission. Know that you could get kicked out. It sounds nuts, but Picard's made speeches like this a lot. Yeah. Most captains in Star Trek. Oh, yeah. There's always like a point this. where they end up like, well, we're going across the Rubicon. Who's going with me? Yeah. And so Neil McDonough is the only person on the bridge that does. Yeah. You're like, he makes this noticeably like, <gasps> he doesn't leave, but he does make a face like, we're going to do what? We're going what? But yeah, we got to go back and help Earth because Starfleet is just getting spanked. Data is awkward. I, I thought it was awkward when he's just like, to hell with our order. Everything in this movie with Data feels a little weird yeah. because this is one of the movies where he's got his emotion chip, right? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. He hasn't and, turned it off yet. So yeah, he turns it off halfway through the movie and then the I think the Borg turned it back on. So again, any time where you deal with Data and the emotion chip, they use that as an opportunity just to play the character in really weird ways sometimes. Yeah, And not Brent Spiner, like the writers. The writers use that as an opportunity to have the character do things out of character. It's not as good. I mean, it's not as good as the other movie where he goes, "Oh shit!" Right yeah. before the Enterprise crashes. I can I can forgive it though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So then we do we cut in. We see the Defiant. The Defiant is again. This is our name drop to Deep, yeah, Space, Nine Deep Space Nine again because that's where the ship comes from. That's why we know uh, anybody ships. who is a Trekkie already knew that Worf was on there. But and then they cut to us and let us see him. I love this because this is what the Defiant was designed to do, was to fight the Borg. Yep. And it didn't get blown up. It did its job quite well. Yep. Damaged in a drift, but they rescue Worf. I will point out, uh, for anybody who is a fan, we have a young Adam Scott. Do you know who that actor is? I don't. He was the he was the one at the uh the con on the, of Defiant. the Defiant. He is in Parks and Rec nice. and Party Down. And a thousand other things. If you guys know, if you're a fan of Adam Scott, you know who Hell he yeah, is. Hell yeah, dude. He's and part is, of the Star Trek family. He was super young. He didn't have very many lines. No, it's uh, all just techno babble stuff. Uh, he basically was just like... One uh, more, like, it's like the Enterprise is, yeah, he, well, And he's like, the Enterprise is here. Ah. Um, but so yeah, that's, that's all we see of the Defiant. They all get teleported off. Worf gets to reunite with the rest of the crew. Yep. 
and they send him over to his old station. And Riker makes a very inappropriately timed joke about Worf being able to know if he knows how to do the phasers still. Everything between Riker and Worf is is awkward. Well, it's always awkward. It's been awkward since, what, like season three of Next Gen because they both had a thing for Troy. Yeah. And it stayed on again, off again with both of them for most of the series, right? But then after the series, it got cemented that it's Riker. Like, that's... That's when it became like guaranteed Riker was the winner. Yeah, he wins. So every time they interact in movies, it it's is like always he's being so smug about yeah, it. Like, yeah, no, I won, big that's man. That's exactly what it is. It, it, it's exactly. like this Riker, calm your shit. Well, he back. makes a joke about the Defiant being uh, tiny. little. And he's like, little. So again, like I said, it's always, there's yeah, all this always ribbing. Something. And it's coming from Riker, the winner. Every time. To the loser. He's being smug. It's yes, all he's doing. Exactly. Take your victory with grace, Riker. You got her. Now back off. Oh, he can't, though. That's I know. how he works. Even in the se- season three of Picard, the newest one, he's still doing it. Then we see Picard tells everybody, the entire fleet, yeah. to fire on this one spot of the Borg cube. Because he knows something because he was there. Because he was there. At this point, it's been years since the first attack. Wolf Wolf 359. Yeah, it's been years since that when uh, uh, Picard was still... Locutus. Yeah. He never gave this intel to Starfleet before. Shouldn't people have known? They should, this have should be already, general knowledge. This should have been daily training drills for all Starfleet officers. For what to do when they run what into to a do Borg when cube. the Borg shows up. Did you not think this? That's, I did. I was like, okay. why is that why are they just now knowing about right? this? Right? I was like, this is so awkward. Not even people on his crew. Picard the people being that petty, should know. He's like, I'm gonna keep it to myself until they really need it. Try and keep me out of the right. It was fight. so it was so weird. I'm glad that you caught that yeah. too because I was like, this, this, why does that make sense? It's been like six years since Wolf yeah. Three Five Nine. Now, no, this should have been standard training right? for everybody at this point. But so they they do blow it up, and as soon as it blows up, though, they see that it shoots a Borg sphere. Now, this is where it gets weird, guys. The Borg ships are just shapes, so it's spheres, cubes, cubes and then hexagons, right, or right? something or like that. What's the uh, like a D&D die, the 20-sided die, whatever those are called. Dodecahedron. Yes, that word. Dodecahedral ships. There we go. They're always just shapes. Yeah. Uh, and nothing else. And so the, the cube births a sphere, which goes rocketing toward Earth, and the Enterprise goes in pursuit. <laughs> and then we get one of the dumbest lines ever from Riker. Picard, yeah, Picard. says, Picard says, ah, they're creating a temporal, temporal vortex. vortex. And then time travel. Thank you. Thank you, Riker, right? for dumbing it down for the rest like, of it. We all understand <laughs> what temporal, temporal means. vortex means, dude. Like, uh, you did not have to tell us it's that. It's immediate, though. He jumps up. Time travel? This was one of those moments where I was like, and he's the director. He is. That was his choice. He's too busy directing to worry about his acting. <laughs> it was his choice. But again, but not, you're you're just looking at it from the acting. I'm not even talking about the acting. It might have been his choice to have that scene all together. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to shine here. This is my moment. Right? That's the part that's horrible. That's what. That's the takeaway. He could have had that thought. No, and later his best scene is when he's talking about like the moon and the people who all live on it when he's talking to yeah, Cochran. That's his best acting. You want to go by acting. It's the best acting in the movie. Yeah, then we get that the Borg, uh, we we just get told this. Like, yeah. It's not even like, th- this is one of those things in the movie where they kind of brush past it despite it being the biggest part yeah. of the movie is that this technically turns out to be what, like uh, plan B for the Borg? Right? Yeah, like the, this is the major plan. plan was not this. The yeah, major no, the plan first was, plan was we're going to invade. Because and... they could not have planned for the Borg cube to blow up. Right. So this was like a backup plan. Yeah. Or if it was the main plan, I don't understand why they didn't just immediately, immediately fly in and do it. Or time travel from the where Delta. Where they were. From the Delta Quadrant. And then go. Right. Because they can get to the Federation pretty quick from the Del- Delta Quadrant. So they just time travel from where you are and then go to, to right? Earth. Right. They didn't have to time travel by Earth. That no. seems risky. So we would assume that this is plan B. Yeah. Right? Plan B was that the ship came out and went back They in were time. hoping for another Wolf 359. Yeah, they thought they were going to annihilate, but then But that Starfleet didn't was ready for them because uh, they had the Defiant. I guess. Uh, I love that ship. 
we just get told like, okay, so it goes back in time yeah, with Picard and everybody's like, we're going to go follow him in. We follow him back in time. As soon as they get back in time, they realize when it is. Now, what's weird is they play this scene out really slowly. Like first mm-hmm. they're like a general time frame of when it yeah. is. And then they say like two more lines. Two more words and Picard's like, wait, I need the exact date. And it's like, couldn't we have just, just not done the first guess? Yeah, we shouldn't have been just like, where are we data? It's April 4th, yes. yeah, 2063. But so that's when we find out that this is literally the day before first contact with the Vulcans. Yes. And so first contact with the Vulcans is what sets up the prime directive. And because the Vulcans have a rule that is literally, their rule is literally you can't interact until warp. Yeah. And we take their rule and we're and a make, little more flexible with it than, yeah, the, and than we, the Vulcans are though. We take their rule and we make the prime directive. And so after we make the prime directive, like I said, that's now is where the movie starts to get a little bit weird with the fact that it's about the prime directive. Yeah. Because this is and this is what I wanted to talk to you again. We have told you guys the behind the scenes, you know, me and Bo have not talked about this. So I have been dying <laughs> to ask him about this specific thing. But hold on to your pants. We're about to get real dorky for a second. Yay. everybody. Nerd stuff. Let's go. All right. So. The prime directive, right, yeah. applies to you interacting with any pre-warp civilization. Society. Yeah, they show up before warp. Before we are warp. Yeah, even though they know we're going to be warp. So this is my question: Does the prime directive apply? Hardline, yeah, they shouldn't have done anything. They should have just let it play See, out the hard- way it is. But then we, then we now- wouldn't be here. <laughs> But now we oh, oh, now we also hit the temporal time directive. Oh, then the, the temporal time directive. It's my duty to do everything possible to preserve the original timeline. So that would probably supersede the, the regular prime regular prime directive. prime directive of non-interference. So yeah, we have to do everything. They did every, They did what they were supposed to. Good job. Good job, crew. <laughs> and now the real, like I said, the 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 part about this that makes it really funny. Is that, like we said, we're already dealing with the Prime Directive yeah. and how they technically go against the Prime Directive. Yeah, not immediately. Break it. Not immediately. No, they, they try. They try. Cochrane doesn't buy their story. But so they try, but they definitely, by by not following the Prime Directive, do follow the Temporal Prime Directive. Yeah. Not knowing they do, because again, right now in the universe of Star Trek, that doesn't exist. They don't actually create that until Enterprise. Yeah. When the temporal cold war starts, well, when we find about, not when it starts, it starts. When we find future. out. About we find out about it. Yeah. Because again, if we come back and recruit, now we're Archer. getting all timey wimey. <laughs> because again, we're now we're talking about a show that is set before For this, this one, one by but like been 150 years. One, but we didn't learn about things it talked about until 27th. So century. we're not gonna. We're not even dealing with that. I'm just saying that in universe, they did not actually know about the temporal prime directive yet. Yeah. Someone did. Because, again, in history, <laughs> they did. Jonathan Archer already knew. Yeah, he did. Again, the, sorry for everybody listening who is not, not a, a Star Trek fan. You are so we lost. Went, we, went, <laughs> we went deep for a second there. Um, but, yeah, so the Prime Directive and the Temporal Prime Directive were definitely... One was ignored, but the other one got followed because the other one was ignored. Yeah, one, right? one supersedes the other. Yeah. Now, the, the real kicker here, though, is like I said... All of these things were set into motion so that way they could protect first contact, which is the thing that sets us in motion to create the prime directive in the first place. Yeah. Is your head hurt yet? Man, we're all over the place. Yeah, we are. But yeah, the Borg show up in the past and attack Cochrane's missile complex where he's in, building the warp ship. In Bozeman, Montana. Yeah. I'll never forget that. No. I didn't need the movie to tell me that it was Bozeman, Montana. I didn't either. I just wrote it in my notes. <laughs> I don't know what is really in Bozeman, Montana, but I'll tell you right now. That's- I'll always know Bozeman, Montana. And I hope they it's have a plaque. The- I, I hope too. they have a plaque. I do too. I want them to have a plaque. Star Trek fan base is one of the fan bases that, that does will stuff do like stuff that. like yeah, yeah. there's you a know, like, janeway bust in kirk, indiana kirk has uh whatever his hometown is there's a plaque yeah for there's james c kirk yeah yeah so i i hope that both the french have one for picard i hope so and he, i hope bozeman from, montana has one, one for, for this. this yes 
If they don't, we have to start a campaign. Um, but yeah, so it gets it gets attacked. They realize they have to get down there because they have to save it to make sure first contact, contact happens. Because if first contact doesn't happen, then there is no Starfleet. No. And we see that with no Starfleet, the whole reason the Borg want to do this right before they land, we, we kind of skipped over this. Yeah, right we're, before, going, we're going through the tiny stuff. Yeah, right before they went back in time. Yeah. They saw what modern day Earth, Earth was looked gonna like, look like after this stuff happened. Yeah, when it was all Borgified. That everybody is still there. But they're all Borg. But they're all Borg. Which is a horrible, horrible fate. Yeah. So we have to. Well, it's super this. horrible because, again, to know how the Borg work, it means that by that point of existence, they are literally just farming people. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because at that point, the you know, Borg don't reproduce normally. No. So they are keeping some alive to farm them. It's like the Matrix. They're in the, the like, has to the be tanks. With well, the, uh, with the Voyager babies. shows us, like, babies. Oh, yeah, babies in the tanks. That's right. I forgot about that. We're, so we we're know that's what they will do. Yeah, that's we know that's what they will do. That's right. So, again, that's nuts. That that's <laughs> what would be. Yeah. Um, but so they know they have to fix it because of that. So now we're going to jump back to where we were because that's not super important, but yeah. they do see it. And it is a little bit of why they, they know it's dire. That yeah, they like, fix we have to go back things. and fix this. And so they know that they have to fix first contact because if there's no first contact, there's no Starfleet. There's no Starfleet. Nobody is here to protect us. Yeah. Now, that being said, we quickly it quickly seems like they fix it. Yeah, they just kind of blow up the they blow up the sphere. And... Yeah, they blow up the sphere and at for at first, and then they they realize like they need to at least go check the, the spaceship. Ship. So they beam and down. so at first they beam down and they see that there's some wreckage and they need to fix it and they think that's all they're going to need to do. They're like, oh, yeah. we just fix this so that way it can still take off. Yeah. Boom. Done. Boom, we're done. This is a five minute job. Get Jordio down here with his boys. Uh, but so then uh, we have. A weird moment we're, with we're, uh, Cochran's assistant. She, she's trying to shoot at everybody. everybody. Uh, she she is wounded, and so she has to be taken on to the ship. Yeah, they this take is, her up to the is, Enterprise. This is the time where they mention the Prime Director. Yeah. This is the only time. You, earlier, yeah, you were like, Dr. I don't remember uh, if they uh, do. Yeah, right, because Dr. Crusher shut, sh- shuts him down like, I, shut up, I'll keep her unconscious. So that way I'm not breaking the Prime yeah, Director. So, so it'll all be well, fine. we know that... We know as viewers, both in the universe and outside of their universe, that technically the temporal prime directive made it where it didn't matter. Yeah. And they don't talk about the prime directive that much. But this line lets us know that in their heads, they're they still did, thinking about it. They did think that it was something they'd had to protect. Yeah. And then Diana later does say that they had a cover story, but Cochran doesn't believe her. Yeah. This is definitely the moment that they, they take her on the ship. Picard tells Riker to stay on the planet because yeah. he thinks something's up because the, the temperature is weird. Temperature well, does he, know, he doesn't know the temperature is weird until he gets back, does he? Yeah, no, he doesn't know that. But uh, somebody says they're having problems. Uh, and so he says in he the engineering and he's yeah, like, I'm yeah. going to go back up. Riker, you're in charge down here. No, I do want to point this out because we had already gotten one one little bit of like a foreshadowing hint about this temperature thing. Yeah, because when Jordy's Jordy Jordy mentions leaving. it as he's leaving to get beamed down, he's like, oh, and it's a little bit warm up here. Someone check into that. And he says that like it's not important. But I want to point out right now. This is a well, not we don't know how much it costs because later on Picard tells us money doesn't exist. Yeah. We'll deal with that later. Like this thing isn't a an expensive it's a ship, ship, right? Yeah, flagship. I'm going to tell you right now. I have in my house a thermostat that is <laughs> is pretty much sets itself to temperatures. It knows when to go to temperatures. It does it and it does it quickly. And tell me when and how fast. And you're telling me this man wasn't worried about the fact that he was starting to sweat. And While the computer didn't tell him anything? No. No, sir. No. No way. No, sir. There would have been a that computer been going off. The alarm bell. Yeah. But Warning. it wasn't. Temperature has increased exactly. to whatever degrees. Nothing happens. So then Picard does. He goes back. He leaves Riker with a handful of people. Jordy and some Jordy, engineers. Troy, Barkley's down there. Barkley, played by Dwight Schultz. Dwight Schultz. I love Dwight Schultz. Uh, but yeah, so Barkley is one of the one of the yeah. people that we do know. Yeah, we know. Down there. If you yeah. don't watch the show, it's probably not important. But if you watch, <laughs> if the, you show, watch the show, you love Barkley. It's Barkley. Yep. Our lovable Broccoli. klutz. <laughs> Our lovable klutz, Barkley. <laughs> Picard goes back. And when Picard goes back, he, uh, he as soon as he gets back, they tell him. We've lost contact with engineering. And, and then they specifically say the temperature. And when he hears the temperature, he has another one of those moments, much like shooting the ship, where he says something and everybody is like, oh, yeah. Just like a Borg ship. And it's like, 
again, shouldn't this be knowledge of everybody? Yeah, shouldn't everybody already should be, know this. The guy sitting at the computer was like, oh, shit, this temperature. That's the same. He shouldn't have needed Picard there to tell him. This should have been standard operating procedure. But he orders that floor shut down and... I do want to jump back. We jump. We skipped over one conversation that I loved as okay. a kid, and I want to point it out. Because okay. of, before they come up, before Picard does go back to the ship, he yeah. has the moment with Data where they're touching the Phoenix. Oh, right? yeah. And again, it's kind of a touching moment is what they're trying to show you. Like, Picard's teaching Data how to be human or something. Yeah. I'm not even worried about that. The main reason I wanted to bring this up is that during the conversation, they, they kind of have the realization that, Zephram Cochran could be dead because they've not found him yet, yeah. right? And literally, like the Anna comes in and says something. Yeah, and so literally, the the way Picard had idolized Cochran and the ship and the way he's talking about it, and they bring it up in this moment as a kid, as twelve year old Shane sat in the theater and watched this movie. I literally was like, Picard's gonna stay back and pretend to be Zephram Cochran right? to keep the timeline intact, which sounds nuts, but is a very sci fi e and specifically Star Trek type of sci fi e. Oh, way yeah. to handle um, something like this. Cisco does it in Deep Space Nine in an episode. He goes back in time and takes over that Bell guy for the Bell riots. All right, so again, that we can go so right precedent, but we can go right back to where we needed to. I just had to point yeah, that out. Twelve-year-old like, me, literally, for like, was just like half oh, of this movie was he's convinced. Stay. Well, because again, the the series was over. Yeah, they didn't know if they'd get more movies. Right, they, this they totally the could have done that, and it been a good way. Would have been a good ending. Thank you. No, it really would have. Like, Picard is Zephram Cochran. Back to where we were. They're on the ship. They realize things are wrong. Borg start attacking. All pandemonium breaks loose, right? And yeah. then we we get one of my favorite scenes of the Borg on the ship, is which is Sick Bay. Sick Bay, Bay. Where the doctor, doctor from Voyager. Yeah, where, where we get to see uh, hey. Beverly Crusher says, I always like, swore I'd never, never use, use one EMH. of these things. What is her beef, man? Why does she hate Well, everybody the hates the EMH. Okay, well, it's not it our, it's not our EMH. Well, it's just an EMH. That's character. Everybody hates the program of yeah. the EMH. That is that is canon. Yeah, it is. And there is an episode all about it. I know. They they get turned into trash. I had to remind myself. Trash workers. Yeah, they're like they're like miners and ditch diggers and yeah. things now. So again, nobody liked them. Yeah, I had to remind myself that it's not my no, doctor. But the reason it's my favorite is not only because of that because again I love Voyager. Right. Next Gen's my favorite. I've spent the most time with Voyager. Yeah, I right? watch it the most. So, I love that we get this, but the main reason I super love it is that this is before our EMH really has a whole lot of personality, even on Voyager. He's got more personality than this one, right? Yeah. But this is before I would say we know that he loves opera and he loves the theater. And what does she tell this guy to do? To buy them time. Sing a song, sing a do, song a dance. do a dance. Yeah, that's funny. That is something that our doctor would indeed have done to cause a distraction. It would have. He. That's what I wrote our, my notes. I was like, our I was like EMH, Voyager's doctor would have handled yeah, these boards. Our EMH would have 100% yeah, done that. He would Exactly that way. He knows, he, how to sang a song. He, he knows how to handle some He would have sang a song and oh, yeah. he would have done a dance. It would have been great. And the Borg would have been just standing there confused. The, again, there are lots of scenes of Borg on the Enterprise in this movie. That's my favorite. Yeah. I'm a doctor, not a doorstop. At this point, obviously, our Lily... Our, our yeah. passenger from Earth has woke up and, and gets separated and from Dr. Crusher somehow. At this point, we see everybody. It's yeah, just Picard, a man Worf, in the hallway. Doctor, or not Dr. Data and, and like the entire security. Or uh, Neil McDonough. Yeah, and they've all got new fancy big blaster These were created for rifles. this movie. Oh, were they? I'm pretty sure these were created yeah, for this movie. They show up in Voyager later. Yeah, well, again, that's, that's how this happens. Some of the uniforms in this, finally, they... they yeah. They just reuse props yep. and stuff. Yep. Yeah, I get it. But they go to engineering to go try and... What was the plan? They're going to bust the plasma thing um, yeah, and change the kill everybody. Yeah, I don't know. They get there and all there's Borg everywhere and they're trying, the door won't open. And then Data breaks the door handle. Oh, yeah. Well, and we get the line from Picard, right? When they're in the hallway. Maybe we should have knocked. No, no. And he's just like, nobody move. Oh, yeah. They'll walk right past us. They're not worried about us right yeah, now. Lower your weapons. It was such a 90s thing, right? Right. Jurassic Park gave us the, at some point, we have to say, say don't, don't move. move. It won't see us. Yeah. And that's, again, they didn't say it, but that's what happened. It was a totally a don't move. They won't see us kind of scene. Right. Then Data gets pulled under a door. Oh, no. 
Yeah. It was so crazy. It was so out of place. Like, because again, because he was the, kicking ass. Yeah, the door ago. barely opens. Yeah, open, they grabbed him from the grab ankles. Him underneath. It was pull him so. Under. It was so comical. <laughs> if it weren't in such a intense moment in the movie, <laughs> I would have been laughing. Right. Hysterically. Picard just kind of watches it happen too. He's just like, oh, data. Yeah. So at this point, I'll uh, I'll point out. That technically, there's a lot of jumping back and forth from Earth to the ship to Earth, Earth to, to the, the ship. ship. And we're not going to follow with the jumps because like we have said in some other movies, it'd be too hard for us to tell you what's going on if we jumped. Because some of these jumps literally are, two lines? are two lines. They say two lines and, and then, then they cut back, back to, to another ship. scene and then they cut right back to them. There's no reason. So we're just going to kind of go with coherentness. So right now we're going to stick with the Borg attack because that's. Yeah. Kind of important. And yeah. then we'll get back to what's happening on Earth with Cochran and yeah, all the other Yeah, because they withdraw after Data gets kidnapped and Picard gets separated. And this is where he gets jumped by Lily and she snatches his phaser. Yeah. And then he convinces her that the, they're on a ship in yeah. space well, by, <laughs> by opening that one portal and telling her, like, Montana's coming up. You can jump out, but I'd hold your breath. It's well, a long way down. Does that, that, does that happen before or after the holodeck? That happens before because she still has the phaser on him. And then after, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. When, but that's, that's like we get back. We get one of my favorite lines. We one of my favorite lines. The yeah, he he <laughs> says this was on maximum. You totally would have killed me. And she's just like, it's my. I'm first. sorry. It's my first time with a ray gun. Right. Great. Love it. Great stuff. And then, oh, sorry. It's the exact quote. It's my first ray gun. Um, but yeah. So then we get now's when we get bionic zombies as a line from her. Yeah, and they're make, trying to make their way back to the bridge. And they go into the holodeck. Yeah. Right? And so we'll do everything on the holodeck, and then we'll jump back, back to, to Earth for a couple of beats. Yeah. Right? So the holodeck, though, they get on. He quickly explains to her in the barest of, of terms, terms like what, what a holodeck yeah. is and makes a dress for her and they're it's a nice dress yeah they're on they're in one of his holo novels that's the set Dixon in the Hill novels and yeah. stuff and they there's like well it dance you, scene yeah it lets you know the depravity of what the holodeck is yeah, because that hostess comes up to him and definitely implies like, that picard has had some fun some in this place with this lady oh yeah um and then he says he's looking for nose, right? Yeah, Tom, Tommy the nose or yeah. something like that. Did you recognize the actor? I did not. I liked that he lit the match with his nose, though. That was pretty cool. Nikki the nose. Nikki played, the nose. Played by Don Stark. That's Bob from that 70s show. <laughs> I recognized nice. his face as soon as I saw him. I was like, but I can, I where's your fro? I see, where's your yeah, fro, Yeah, he needs Bob? the fro. Again, not important. He's no, not here. but it's not it's important. It's literally just there. Uh, Picard realizes he's in the wrong scene because he's just trying to get a gun. He gets the gun. He shut down all the emergency see, protocols, which means for some reason... Holographic bullets can still, still kill you. shoot and hurt you, so he kills a couple of Borg. When he kills a Borg, he says... He starts just, just tearing into, ripping into him, his, his stomach. And he says he needed the... Neuroprocessor. No, I want to say right now, neuroprocessor implies in the head. head. Yes, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, why is he digging in his stomach for a neural processor? Wouldn't it be in his skull? He should really just smash his head in. I don't know. It was so weird. Too and then, gruesome for Star I Trek, know. I guess. And then she realizes she sees the badge. She's like, it's, it's a, one of yours. He was like, and I he's just care. cold, like it's instant lynch. Yeah. <laughs> And he just, just plugs in the whatever he just yanked out of the poor guy. It's war, dude. Yeah, but I mean, she's just like, tough luck, huh? And All right. Like, so that's the whole scene on the holodeck, really. Yeah. We can go ahead and jump back. Everybody on Earth. So on Trying Earth, to help yeah, fix so, the so, Phoenix and everybody's looking at Cochran. Well, and, before we even get there, because remember, we, we jumped around some scenes. Oh, yeah, we did. We have to jump back. So the first thing we've got is just them... Uh, looking for Cochran, finding yeah. Cochran. Of course, Troy finds yeah, Cochran. Yeah, Deanna, Deanna found him. He's At a in, bar. He's in a bar. Uh, she had to get very drunk very herself drunk. to get him to tell her anything, which was still barely anything. Yeah. Riker realizes what's going on. This whole scene is nothing but Jonathan Frakes making a lot of really weird facial expressions. And trying to be funny. And it didn't really play. No. So I don't really mind that we're not covering a lot. But basically all you need to know is two people got very drunk and they at least convinced Cochran to go with them to hear more of what they had to say. Yeah. That's what happened right there. That's it. Then the next day... He yeah, wakes up with from having drunk all night, and they proceed. Oh no, no, it's still the same night. 
because they tell him to look in the the, the telescope the telescope and he thinks it's uh, a trick like, he thinks it's like painted on or like projecting looks, a hologram goes onto to the look lens. in he's like how'd you do that and they're like it's your telescope man. yeah and so it's the he sees the enterprise flying out in space and so he realizes oh no oh. and so that they, they at this point they officially start to break the prime directive and tell him, and everything. Tell him everything they tell him uh look, you're who, gonna you're gonna well, meet they brush on who he is yeah a not bit. big yet not not as much not yet soon yeah um but so they just say you know like this is an important event they don't say you are important you need to make your warp flight tomorrow like because it will lead to other things it will lead to important stuff we get to see them. We'll go ahead and cover them the next day. They wake up and everybody's just working. Like he, yeah, they convinced already, them. They're hard at work. Yeah. They're all doing stuff. Then Jordy, Jordy messes up. Uh, they they have this scene outside, uh, and when they're he's talking to Zephram. Now before I start with what they actually say, I want to say this because I I when I watched the scene, it felt very weird to me. Mm-hmm. They have this scene where he's outside, right? We've already addressed that he used to be the guy with the visor. Now he's got magical new eyes, and the new eyes are still tech eyes yeah. they're not eye eyes he's wearing sunglasses and at first i was like oh he's wearing sunglasses so that way people won't see his tech eyes and be like what's this dude yeah but then he takes them so off takes when off, barkley brings, brings him the copper tubing and never puts them back on and other people walk right by him so again it was not they just wanted him to look cool <laughs> has to because again he didn't need them no he didn't need them so they're having a good moment. Zephram is just talking. Because ab- Barkley's fanboying about yeah. meeting so, him. He's like, I want to shake your hand. So Jordy is like, yeah, you're super important. Yeah, to like, I went to Zephram Cochran High School. There's statues of you. Yeah. And he starts describing the statue. Yeah. And he's like, and you're all reaching off into the future. And yeah. Cochran's just like, I got to go take a leak. Yeah. And they have this beautiful moment where, <laughs> where Jordy doesn't get what he's that like, means. He's like, leak? And I'm they laughing any leak. They laughed so hard. Uh um, good stuff. So we'll do one more scene here, and then we'll go back to what uh, to the ship. Yeah, because right? this, this that'll be that'll be the perfect time because then that's when the ship hits uh, people reconvening and like going out and yeah. to space dock, right? Yeah, that's when the we yeah. get our spacewalk. Uh, so the last scene that we'll do right here though is going to be the part that makes no sense. So again, just to set you up, we're not cutting away from it to tell you that, but this is one of the cuts. He went to pee and then they, they, they give us a, another scene away from this scene. They cut back to Riker and Jordy looking for the man after he said he had to go pee. They say two lines to each other. And, and then he's like, sees yeah, him there pee. he is. And he's off in the trees having a piss. And there's no explanation for why they needed to be looking they for him. Disappointed, like Ugh. it's like well, he wasn't well, running yet. Well, there was, he was even just peeing. Well, they didn't know he would be running. You get what I mean? Like yeah. there's no explanation for why that we little have this scene, scene didn't at need to all. be there. Uh, so uh, that scene just uh, continues a little bit further, where they do catch him in the woods. He was scared. He yeah. was thinking he about not want doing any it. of this. Stuff. They calm him down. We're gonna cut away from him because the next part. Him. Yeah. Bing. Well, they get him calm. That calms him, right? I didn't lie. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I just didn't maybe give you the full truth. He was calm when it was yeah, done. Yeah, he was totally calm. He got on the ship, right? Yeah. That's pretty sure he woke up on the ship. Like, like I said, he got uh, on the ship. Where am I? <laughs> you keep you keep trying to add words that I don't think are important to what we're saying here. He was I, it, on the ship. It's only speculation. He was on the ship. That's all that matters. <laughs> uh, but so we're going to cut back to on the Enterprise. Enterprise. We, so on the Enterprise, we have uh, after, They're losing. after the holodeck, they they realize they got to change their phasers, which this is from Deep Space Nine. They got to change their phasers where they're modulating constantly so that way on they, rotation. But even that, the board can figure out quickly and, yeah. and then it doesn't matter. So. You only get like three, four shots, then you uh, have to do it again. So they they realize uh, Picard realizes though that they're the they need to do something with the grav plate outside right oh the Borg have stopped on deck eleven and Worf doesn't know why and Picard knows why because he pulled that thing out of the one dude and he's like they're building a beacon on the deflector deck yeah that's right so that way they can talk to the so they can talk to the Borg from this time period which is what go would, ahead this is Plan C well no this is actually just continuation of Plan B because this is what would allow them to still take over Earth even though we thought. Oh yeah, everything ended when the ship blew up, right? Yeah, it's because technically they've always been able to subspace communicate to the thems from that time to come in a Delta the plan. quadrant. Yeah, and so Picard realizes that's what they need to do, and he's like, "Worf, you remember your zero G combat training? You remember going outside? We're about to go outside." And he's just like, "It makes me sick to my stomach. I don't want to." And so this is another one of those moments where we're not going to talk. We're not going to do the cut. 
because we've already talked about what's happening on Earth, but yeah. there was a cut here, and I only mention it because, again, this is one of those really fast ones, so you you understand why we had to do this, because they literally cut from them talking about the spacewalk back to Earth for a split second yeah. just to come to them when they're walking, walking. on the... So the, the only thing they cut out was the putting on of the suit. Yeah, that's it. Which I understand, I'm fine with, but that's all, that's the whole reason we had to cut. Yeah. So we see them, they get on the outer decks. Yeah, they've got Lieutenant Hawk with them too. Yes, yes. So it's it's just Worf, Picard, and and Lieutenant Hawk, Neil McDonough, our Neil guy. Neil McDonough, the beautiful eyes. Uh, and they they see that the Borg are out there. They're working they're building on, the on this disc thing. It's the, the, the reflector di- dish. Yeah. And so they they because we're upside down technically. Yeah. So they're like, we gotta we got their their plan is just to pop it off. Yeah, pop it off and blow it up because they can always make a new one. Yeah, it's not a big deal. I think if they blow it up while it's attached, it'll blow. Oh, it like, would blow up a section like half the ship something. probably. Uh, so they 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 just need to get rid of it, and so they're trying to manually remove do the, locks. the things. Yeah. And the Borg start noticing, and they go Come after, after each one. one of them. We see Warp Warp. pulls out the mini Batleth, the Maclith. Yeah, I was about to say because this isn't even the knife that he usually has. This is this, this is, is literally a, like a mini Batleth. Yeah, I was like Maclith, and it's awesome. I was like, this is dope because normally one. you'd see just the weird like uh, the th- three prong, prong dagger. Blade. I can't remember the name of that one. That's well because that one's just used for rituals. It's okay. Yeah, it's a ritual dagger. Yeah, so there is they they have this moment where he has deals with the one and then His another one gets torn though yeah and another one starts to go towards lieutenant, Picard and, and Lieutenant Hawk yeah like they have all at this point been noticed and have someone yeah, coming the towards them. after him Picard gets his undone or done in and yeah. McDonough got his, but right when he finished, the board got, got him, him, and that's him. the moment where we realized that all along we weren't paying attention. That he, he was, was our, our red, red shirt. shirt. Yep, that's right. He had a red shirt the whole time. None of us were thinking because he made it so long. Right? So long. We're like an hour and 15 minutes into the movie. The movie's point. practically finished. Right, we're point. almost done. Um, but yeah, so they... Uh. they they do this thing and shoot it Shit. off, and we get our... Uh, they, action they, hero line they from War hero. that's... But not kind of delivered flat. like an action no, hero you line. No, kind of assimilate this. Because, again, Boom. the the Borg are all about assimilation. That's what they like to say. It was horrible. Now what we're going to do is jump to Data, because we've skipped yeah, over Data. Data right has now. been Data. captured by the Borg. Data got kidnapped, taken by the Borg Queen. Uh, we can, we can kind of do this real quick. Yeah. They cut to him a bunch of times, but really all they're setting up for us and with She's Data. trying to turn Data over to her side so, by so normally they Well, normally they assimilate organic life add cybernetics and so now she's seeing data as maybe like that was her mistake because she tried to make picard into her mate right yeah oh we just skipped over let's go ahead and address this because we're such big fans it's not a big deal to us but this was the introduction of a board queen nobody yeah. knew that that's what led them alice krieg the Greek. yeah but so the board queen uh was a big deal at the time yeah. but for us as fans we were like well this is this is normal, yeah. But now it's just normal. We yeah. just know that there was a queen. We we find out that she was made. She made Locutus just to be like uh, her partner, a bridge be between. The, well, that's yeah. No, that that was always stuff. we knew that in the series. But yeah. I'm saying now the the revelation we have with her is that he was also supposed to be her equal. Yeah, he was supposed to rule. He was going to be with the her. Qu- the king queen. essentially, and so now she is looking for a new way to do that because she realized the way she did it the first time didn't work. So, yeah, now, so now she now she's sees do it with a robot. She sees data, organic. and she's like, "Let's make him more human." And so, so she just starts grafting skin onto him, and and she unlocks his emotion chip that he had shut down earlier, so that way he's more human. She's trying to make him into the hybrid the opposite way. Yeah. Then she made Picard into a hybrid, hoping that he would make a better king. King. And that's it. We're not going to go back to them until we have to, which yeah. is when Picard runs into him. She's doing a good job of trying to convince him. Yeah. But but again, there's not a lot going on between no. the two of them. Oddly sexualized. It's very sexualized. It's weird. Um, but so, let's see. Let's go back to Earth. Earth is just easy. They're on the ship. Yeah, they're right? just getting they're ready about for to pre-flight. They're you know, doing their check. They have this. This is where I said Riker's best acting scene was because Cochran's like, why did this? I did this for money. And yeah, you guys have this dream of yeah, the wrong. This yeah, this guy isn't that me. Guy and I agree with him, though, because I like this Cochran. Yeah. In future Cochran, we do see later in other series, in Enterprise. and he is literally that Cochran. Like yeah. he's the one they talk about. He is this idolized, like almost godlike person that they've all been, you know, hero worshiping their entire lives. Uh, and I would rather it be this guy the whole time. 
Yeah, he's more. I would, he's he's actually more human. I feel like really. the, the movie has set up the uh, bootstrap paradox of... here. We've got a predestination now of the fact that they have made him become that by telling him that's what he should become. And it makes me mad because I wish we could keep the original one. Right. Probably way more fun. Like Definitely more fun because the next he, scene, the the next scene we get is the music. music right? <laughs> I like to breathe. Yeah. It's a like magic carpet, carpet ride. ride. Yeah. Steppenwolf. Magic coffee right and you don't know. Yeah, so there's a whole scene where he the, he literally stops them. They they were counting down. Yeah, and he like, stops them because he couldn't find wait, his music. And Riker's like, and we gotta abort. Yeah, and so that's that. It was all just for that song, right? Just and I agree though that it was such a great song to go up in oh, space yeah. to. They Fantastic. get up in space. And they realize that they need to try to. They, they still need to take off. They see the Enterprise is coming. There. And they they like, don't realize. No, they don't know wrong. what's going on yet because they've lost contact with. But the so Enterprise. at this point, the Borg Queen is in control of the ship, and so she is going to start firing. We will go ahead and cut around real quick here because this is kind of the time where there are lots of cuts for a reason. Yeah. As opposed to earlier where they didn't need to. So right now, though, we see on on the Enterprise that the Borg Queen is taken over. She is the reason it's firing on them with data. Picard has stayed on the ship. He ordered yeah, everybody else to leave. And they're going to do the self-destruct. Yeah. And he only did it because the girl talked him into it because nobody else would talk to him. Oh, yeah, we had the, the great line. The line must be drawn here. Yeah. No, well, he bother. loses it. Yeah, right? he does. Breaks In a way shit. that Picard doesn't, doesn't normally. normally. You know why I, I, I test this too? What? Riker wasn't there. Oh, that's true. He needs number one. He needs man. his number one. Number to one keep needs to him. Nobody else would talk to him the way that he needed to that's be talked true. to, except for Lily. Except for Lily, because she's if not. If Lily wouldn't have been there, they might have all died. That's true. That's very true. Because he was sitting in there like, I will figure out how to get this yeah. gun but so to she, kill you. She convinces him, no, we definitely do need to blow all this up. Um, he, he sends everybody off, but he stays, and then he hears Data, and so, so he goes to stop give Data. himself up to the Queen. Yeah, to do something. I can be your Locutus now, yeah. and so he gets there to try to stop the Queen, and uh, Data. Looks th- that's like where he... we we literally see what happens and why the ship doesn't get shot. Right? Yeah, why, why the Phoenix wasn't shot? Yeah, and it's because Data looked like he had turned bad, but, but he was he secretly still in enough control. He had told Picard to come get him. And yeah. he still had enough control to stop it. Soon as he stops that, he, he then shattered this thing. The plasma coolant tanks. And it the CGI on this was really good. Right, and for the coolant 96. tank literally it destroys all anything organic. organic. So Picard yeah. gets Pico starts climbing up the gets queen. high enough. Yeah. The queen looks she looks for her little tube things, right? Yeah. And they start coming down. Picard's like, screw you, I'm taking him. Yep. He starts climbing yeah. up and she grabs his feet and then Data, Data, yeah, Data jumps up out of the smoke and pulls her down in it and we get to watch her melt. And they make us think that Data's in trouble, even though again we know yeah, we he's, know not, he's because not because the only parts of him that are human right now is a thin wristband. And part of his face. Yeah, but it, again, that's it. He looks awesome, though. With yeah. With the, like, half face. But so, we robot. knew that there was no way he was in any kind of trouble. We can see him in the background. Yeah, he, the blocking on that was bad. They should have had him somewhere else. And then Picard does his thing with the Queen's skull, where he yeah, just snaps it, up, it. snaps it. And again, I point out, kind makes of point no out. sense. Because the Queen literally told us moments ago that that's not how sh- her existence works. Because no. he said, I saw the whole ship blow up. When I got turned into Lucutus the so first you should time, be gone. So you shouldn't be here. He's like, oh, pretty boy, that's not how this yeah. works. So she is going to be alive again. Clearly, no, this. made him feel better. I guess, man. He's like, I'm going to snap this bitch's it's neck. So, so random. But you can see Data over his shoulder, and then he says something. He says, Captain, and Picard whips around, and we're supposed to be like, oh, Data's okay. He's like, yeah, I could see him. Yeah, the whole we knew the whole time. time yeah. Uh, so then let's cut back to the Phoenix on the Phoenix. They're going. They, they finally, they finally are ready to to go because they they yeah, got to the right place, so they can they're lined up to shoot right. Yeah. And this is the moment I love because I the whole time I was like, they're going warp, and we don't have the cells. Yeah. This thing pops off two side panels <laughs> right. to pop out two nacelles. Two nacelles. Uh, it does warp one. They yeah. come back. Yeah, they're out by Jupiter. I yeah, think, they, so they did like everything that. they needed to. The Vulcan saw them. Uh, now that everything's been resolved on the Enterprise, it goes and hides so Behind that way the, moon, the, so Vulcans the Vulcans show up. Vulcans show up on Earth. Everything is set right. Yep. 
uh, we see the uh, we see Zephyr Cochran shake their hand. Yeah, he tries to do the Vulcan hand salute, salute. which again, uh, which, the first time you ever try is hard. All right, my hand is broken and I can't do it. And that's it. Yeah, that's right? it. Like uh, Picard says bye to Lily. They and just kind of they just go back on the ship and, and they're then, just they just literally name drop that Jordy is just like, oh, by the way, I figured out how to uh, do reverse that vortex engineering. Thing. Reverse when engineer. did you have time to do that? Because yeah, he's been on Earth fixing the fixing ship. Fixing the ship. Uh, but yeah, he's just like, oh yeah, I figured out how to reverse engineer their time travel. I can get us back. And we never hear of Federation time travel again. Never. Until the 27th century. It is super classified. Or like something. Deepest, deepest level. They just never the talk about it. The entire thing was redacted to everyone outside of the high brass. The Enterprise merely just disappeared and reappeared for a time along with the Borg sphere. No one knows what happened, right? That's the official record. Yep. Right? That's the movie. Like, that's it. That's roll, it. That's roll, it. Roll, credits. roll credits. We're credits done. done. And trust us, we could go on oh, and yeah, on and on. We are we Star can. Trek fans. We are huge. I'm sure you've already figured yeah, you that can out. Figure it out. We're nerds. But we definitely also realized, you know, again, we listened to all of our own podcasts and we listened back to the Willy Wonka one. And we know that maybe, maybe we got a little carried away with yeah, our nostalgia. A little bit. Maybe we, How did we do this time. Did we go like, oh, we're good. We're good. So the beer we were drinking is uh, Prime Directive by Country Boy Brewing. I gotta say it's pretty good. Yeah, pouring it into the glass was a little surprised. Yeah, uh, it it is a dry hopped, a double dry hopped. Yeah, so double dry. There hopped. was a little bit more um, New England IPA. There was a little bit more stuff floating around than I'm used to. It's fine. It's good. Just it was a little surprising. Yeah, just let it settle. To it the was bottom. like stars in space. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I like it. It's pretty good. It was delicious. Hit us up with what we're doing next. Oh, time what are we then? doing next one? Next beer is going to be Knuckles Strong Ale from Sawstone Brewing Company. That is our local, literally our backyard brewing company right here in Moorhead, Kentucky. Good people. Always support local if you can, guys. Yeah, good people, good beer. Can't wait to try this one. I haven't tried it yet. So if you have any guesses for what this beer might have reference to, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. YouTube. YouTube. Uh, but yeah, definitely make sure you let us know if you have any guesses on what we might be watching or talking about with, with Knuckles. Knuckles. That's your clue. Knuckles. All right, guys. Well, other than that, I, I'm pretty sure that we're good. We're done. We're out. All right. Yeah. I don't have a funny quip this time. What? The line must be drawn here.